Welcome into the Reviewing the Brew podcast. We are back again on a Tuesday night. I am Dave Gasper. With me, as always, Matthew DeWaskin, psych co-expert of Reviewing the Brew. And joining hey. us joining us once again is our contributor, Joseph Seamandel C- or Samandel? Yep, Seamandel. Samandel, okay. I never remember which one. All right, Joseph Samandel. Joining us once again on the podcast. A lot, lot of things to discuss this week. Pitchers and catchers. Um, reported last week. We talked about that in the last podcast. Um, yep. A lot of big things to hit today. One of the major free agents in baseball signed his contract finally. Um, but the big news with the Brewers, Moose. Mike Moustakis is back in Milwaukee on a one-year, $10 million contract, $7 million for 2019, $3 million on a buyout for a mutual option for 2020 and we saw this news come down the other day uh matthew when you first saw the tweet from ken rosenthal saying that mike moustakis was back with the brewers what was your initial reaction that's about right <laughs> what, Honestly, moose? i i, I w- no i i really wasn't you know i was kind of ex- I, I think we've kind of been expecting it so i really wasn't like oh my god where did this come from no it's been rumored for a while um, you know, it, it, some writers were even saying it seemed like it was inevitable. So, you know, I, I, I kind of figured it was, it was bound to happen eventually. So I was just like, okay, all right, good. Joseph, so I, what about I, you? I, I apologize. Yeah. I, I, I wish I had a better story for you, but it, it, huh, it you're just, it was, it, you're it, letting it, me down, Matthew. Once again, I, I, it, it, I apologize. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I, I got to agree with Matt. I mean, it, it, uh, it kind of seemed like <laughs> we're all, both letting him down. I don't, I don't have a story. I mean, it kind of seemed like all off season, you kept hearing the wow, Moose is talking to, to Christian Yelich, or Moose is talking to Ryan Braun, or oh, they're working out together. Oh, there's there's talk between them, and mm. and I think it just came down to a matter of when and not if he was going to resign. You heard all these rumors throughout the whole off season, like he might go here, he might go here. I think inevitably he was coming back to Milwaukee. It sounded like he was already working those those angles to come back anyways. Yeah. I mean, I just wasn't as sure because Manny Machado was really kind of holding up that market, and I figured, okay, if he's waiting for Machado to sign, then as soon as he does, the other teams that lose out on Moustakis are probably going to send in their offers to him, and, and they're going to step it up a little bit. I mean, if someone went to possibly a three-year deal for him, I figured he would have gone there. But he decided to sign before Machado did and just come back with the Brewers. What was really interesting was a report from Ken Rosenthal that the Brewers were initially talking to him about a two-year deal, guaranteed. But it was for a lower average annual value, and instead they just stepped it down to a one-year deal with that little bit more money, uh, up to $10 million, and that was able to get it done. I was really kind of surprised he didn't go with the multi-year contract. And keep in mind, this is it's I believe it's it's seven million dollars for the twenty nineteen season. Yeah. And then the mutual option with the three million dollar buyout, which Yeah, the, the you know, option is for eleven million. Yeah, but it it, it it essentially makes it, you know, a one year ten million dollar deal is essentially what it comes down to. Because I, I I was thinking trying to think about this the other day. I can't remember the last time a mutual option was picked up. Yeah, it's not very often. And you'd have to think, even if Moose picks it up for next year, the Brewers are going to decline it because the whole reason they signed him to a one-year deal is to have him be that stopgap in the infield. And then in 2020, Keston Hira is going to be ready to take over 
and then there's no need for Mustakis anymore after that. Well, and I like the way I like the way you put that. You didn't go right to third base. You just said infield. Yeah, because and and that's kind of what we learned about this whole thing too. Is now he's going to play second base. And let me let me ask you a question. Do you know last mm-hmm. time Moose played a middle infield position in his career? Should I think school. it was high school. Uh, he played at A level ball, shortstop oh. for fifty seven games. Yeah, in two thousand eight. But he's I can't n- imagine. I can't imagine him playing shortstop. I mean, he was he was a shortstop in high school, and then just moved him over to third because he just had so much power. It just well, kind of seemed the place to go. Plus, he didn't ha- he doesn't have that much range. He's also you know he's got a, a fairly you know he's got he's got like a, a third base body type. Shall yeah. we say that? Yeah, I, I think that's fair to say. But I mean, back maybe back when he was twenty instead of thirty, he might have had a bit more lean of a body type. I, I guess. Okay. But yeah, okay. he's he's never played second base in his professional career. No. So that's it's gonna be interesting. But at least he has the six weeks of spring training to get some practice in and get some game reps in. Travis Shaw didn't have any of that last year. He he just, on July 31st, it's like, all right, you're moving to second base now. And, I mean, yeah, he had some reps in, like, practice, like, prior to each of the games, but he didn't get any game reps at the position. And he was just kind of thrown into the fire. And, and Travis Shaw did well. But at least now, like, with, with all the spring training, Moose is going to get – the kind of practice that he needs in games, and the Brewers believe he can do it. His old manager in Kansas City, Ned Yost, believes that Moustakis can do it. So, mm-hmm. if if all these guys believe he can do it, I, I'm inclined to trust them. Mm. Well, right. something I I also would love to. Oh, go ahead, Matt. No, no, please. So something I I kind of pointed out too is by bringing Moose back, it almost makes that trade feel like a year and a half now instead of just a, a half a season trade. So mm-hmm. now instead of giving up Brett Phillips and, and George Lopez for a rental, now you've been able to convince him Milwaukee's a place to play. He loved the atmosphere, loved the team, loved the, the players on the team, and then decided to come back. Yeah. And so you're keeping it for another season. Yeah. And I mean, it was tough, at least for me to give up Brett Phillips just because I love that guy. So much as a person. I mean, as a player, his he hasn't really panned out as much as I'd hoped so far. But, yeah, I mean, that trade just looks all the more better. And that mutual option that he had for what, what would have been for this year was for $15 million. So they declined it, signed him for $5 million less. So it's even more value that they got out of it in, in that trade to begin with by re-signing him. Hmm. Yeah. You know, Dave, David Stearns does it again. Yeah. It's amazing how, how he's able to do this. He's able to get Moustakis on a one-year deal. He's able to sign Yasmani Grandal on a one-year deal. He's able to take all these guys on for pretty much minimal risk. I mean, one-year deals are, are basically minimum risk. And he's just improving the club even more in, in their run for the playoffs in, in 2019. I mean, they, they're basically... The Brewers are all in. I mean, Mark Atanasio even said said that earlier today. They've they've pushed all their chips in. They they are ready yeah. to go for 2019. Yeah, yep. they. Uh, he he made that announcement, and every Brewer fan shot up out of their seat and thought, "This is the year." I mean, he pretty much said it. <laughs> yeah. 
Let's hope. But the, there, there does raise a couple questions, though, with, with the Mustaka signing, is what happens to the oh. rest of the roster now, now that he's back? Okay. So with the second base platoon that was planned with Aaron Perez and Corey Spangeberg, that plan's now basically out the window. Aaron Perez is going to be the bench guy. Um, he's he's going to be the Brewers utility guy once again. And I think Corey Spangenberg gets pushed off the roster from, from this Mustaka signing because Spangenberg is really kind of not needed anymore. He was that left-handed platoon guy to have in the infield, you know, an, an extra left-handed bat. But now Mustakas is back. He's a left-handed bat. And there's no need for Spangenberg because Mustakas is better offensively. And I still think he can do fairly well defensively. So what's the need for Corey Spangenberg? You know, when you phrase it like that, I, I can't help but agree with you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, where is he going to fit on this roster? San Antonio, I guess. Yeah, pretty much. He <laughs> does. Guy. Yeah, he does have a minor league option, so they can send him down there. And when the Brewers signed him, everyone's like, "This is not going to preclude them from signing a second baseman elsewhere." We just didn't expect that second baseman to be a third baseman. In Mike Moustakis, mm. but accurate. But basically, they signed Mike Moustakis to be their second baseman, and Corey Spangenberg is now being pushed out of the way. I, I think Tyler Saladino is also being pushed out. I, I think it was he was a fringe roster guy to begin with, but Moustakis basically guarantees that Saladino is not going to make it because I mean you could have all, all those backup guys of Spangenberg, Saladino, and Perez because I mean they could they could play all over the infield pretty much. And mm-hmm. now that you have Mustakis, who can play second and third, and probably also first, and Travis Shaw can also play first, you don't need which all those then, guys. Which then begs the question, what about Eric Thames? Mm, that's tough. It, it's tough for Thames because he's due $6 million. So yep. I think if he's still in the organization, you kind of have to keep him on the roster. I don't think they have a choice. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the you only know, way to, to not have him on the roster is to trade him. And, and what could you trade him for at this point? If you haven't traded him by now, you're probably not going to. Exactly. I mean, everyone else so. basically has their roster set. They're coming into spring training, and they're just going to go with the guys they have, with the exception of, you know, the teams that signed Bryce Harper and Dallas Keuchel and all those other big free agents <sighs> that remain out there. But, I mean, why would you trade for a guy like Eric Thames when you can get free agent first baseman who's also a mediocre hitter for much less, you know? I agreed completely. You know, I, I wish I could disagree with you. I really can't. That's because I'm right. Yep. And you know it. <laughs> yep. I try to be right. I, I try not to throw out wrong opinions. Just personally try. Sometimes, wow. I, sometimes I fail, but. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, well. Yeah, I mean, how much playing time do you think Eric Thames is actually going to get this year? How much did he have last year? Um, uh, not a lot. Once he came back from injury and Jesus had kind of solidified first base, it wasn't a lot. No, it was not a lot. Yeah, I mean, he was a starter for the first month. Yep. Yeah, he got a total of 247 at bats last uh, last season. 
Honestly, that, that, and that sounds kind of ambitious for 2019. Yeah. That's the way the, the way the roster's built. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think he'd be lucky to get 200. Well, he's probably their DH when they go to National League parks. So that's like 10 you games. You mean American League parks? But yeah, yeah, I, correct. <laughs> Um, we all so have uh, uh, oh, I'm pretty sure you flip-flopped Moustakis and Machado earlier, but I didn't say anything. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, it's one of those days, you know? Like, I, I called Mark Atanasio Mike earlier on Twitter. You know, I said, ah, hey, wait, wait, like, that's the spirit of Mike. Autocorrect. You know, it's it strikes. Oh, my, my, my autocorrect has been killing me recently. Oh, yeah, me too. It's I, it, in the group in the group chat, like yeah, there have been some yeah, yeah. I it, it's it's like at least once a week, yeah. I'll, I'll you know I'll try to like type a player's name and, and it'll autocorrect to something completely ridiculous. Like yeah, so I, I've 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 had issues with that all, all week. Yeah, it, it's or, been, you know, for a while. No, it's been a rough day for autocorrect for me. Oh yeah, but yeah, well, happens to all of us. Suppose so, yeah. So, <sighs> all right, I want to talk about the um, the rotation here for a little bit. Oh, okay, what yeah. about it? So, you got one guy basically officially locked in, and you at least just seen a couple other guys we assume are going to make it, like Jimmy Nelson. If he makes it through camp healthy, uh, he's going to yep. be in there. Corbin Burns figures to be in there as well. Um, the final two spots are going to be pretty much up for grabs, you'd think. But Chase Anderson and Zach Davies are the, are the veteran guys, the guys you would expect to get it. But they're coming off terrible seasons. Mm-hmm. What What do you guys think is the future for a guy like Chase Anderson, who's coming off a bad year, he's a fly ball pitcher in a hitter's park, who's due a fairly decent-sized... Uh, amount of money over the next couple years, or at least this year guaranteed. Then he's got two more option years after that. What, what do you guys think happens with, with Chase Anderson this year? Do you think he gets traded? I, do you think he stays in the rotation? Do, does he pitch well? Do, does he come back? I kind of can't believe he's still on the team, honestly. I, I, I wouldn't have thought he would have been moved you know, fairly early in the offseason. Um, but he's still here. I I think he has to make the rotation to have any value, does he not? Yeah, I would almost, I would almost have to agree. He has to make a rotation. I mean, if you're going to pay him six million this year, six and a half. Yeah, six and a half. Sorry, uh, potentially eight and a half in 2020. Nine and a half a year. the year after. Yeah, nine and a half the year after. He's got to make the rotation. I, I, I'm a, I'm in a different camp than you, David, on on Chase Anderson and Zach Davies. I think both of them coming to camp this year looking at 2018 and saying that is not what I can do here and I know it. I think mm. both of them are going to come with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder and when a pitcher has a chip on his shoulder, usually they, they produce pretty well. Um, I, I think Chase does make the rotation. Zach is the one I'm kind of hesitant on a little bit still. Mm. I think Chase shows, yep, I'm here to play. My bigger concern is potentially you're going to have five right-handed pitchers on your rotation. Yeah. No lefty in sight. Yeah, all eight of their rotation options in camp. Um, Chassin, Nelson, Burns, Anderson, Davies, Woodruff, Peralta, Josh Tomlin. All those guys are right-handed pitchers. Not a single lefty anywhere to be found. Hmm. And 
that's it's it's something I feel like the Brewers have gone through for like forever. Like they've never been able to develop any homegrown left-handed starters. I mean, Josh Hader they traded for. He was going to be a starter. Now he's a bullpen guy. So where where are they going to get a lefty from? Dallas Keuchel's out there. Gio Gonzalez is out there. I don't think Keuchel's available for them anymore. Gio Gonzalez doesn't really move the needle for me at all. So are, are they just going to go with all five righties once again? I mean, as a left-handed person myself, I'm a little bit <laughs> offended at the fact that the Brewers just don't have any left-handed starting pitchers. I don't know if I'd be offended by it. I mean, it's... Are you left-handed? I'm not. Exactly. That's why you're not offended by it. <laughs> what makes it even worse is they have one non-roster invite who's a left-hander, and that's it. The rest of them are righties. Yeah. It's Josh Tomlin, is it not? No, Josh Tomlin's a righty. Oh, is he? Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah. He's not, he's not even. He's, he's not even. Not, not even left-handed. No. Who Who is the one non-roster invitee that's lefty? Uh, Angel Perdomo. Um, mm, yeah, Angel Perdomo. I mean, he's really going to be a huge factor this year for sure. Who Who he hasn't pitched over what? High A. Yeah, it's. Yeah. Mm. And even if he makes a team, he'd be a bullpen guy. Mm-hmm. Angel Perdomo is not going to be a starter. I, I'm looking down their depth chart here. They have one left-handed starting pitcher listed in their organizational depth chart on roster resource. And that's Aaron Ashby, the fourth-round pick from last year who's down in A-ball. Everyone else yeah. is right-handed. Everyone. Well, and Brett Suter's a lefty, but, I mean, you yeah. basically can scratch Brett Suter from playing any time in 2019. Yeah, Su- Suter's not coming back until 2020. And he was no. he was a fairly good lefty. I mean, he couldn't go deep into games, and he topped out at 86 miles an hour, but, I mean, he had Suter's some... kind of like a... Like a Jamie Moyer type pitcher. Yeah. Okay. He's going to beat you with his finesse, not with his speed. Yeah. But I mean, even Jamie Moyer back in the day, didn't he hit at least 90? Not anytime after 1989. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess. Yeah, who knows? Maybe after Tommy John, Suter will come back pumping 89, 90. I don't have high hopes for that, but possible yeah now I, I think though if you're looking at a at a rotation like we've already talked i think those four or five i think chase is my four and then it's between freddie peralta zach davies and brandon, brandon woodruff for my five yeah and it's that's a tough i mean you're, obviously spring's gonna have to be good for all three of them mm. to showcase hey i'm the i'm the guy you want in there but that doesn't solve the problem of having all right-handed pitchers. I mean, every team can look at the Brewers and say, I'm going to face a righty. I know I'm going to face a righty. Yeah, and even just having a lefty just to change up their vision and change change what they're looking at, and it, that that's beneficial. I mean, that's why teams get lefties. and That's why I'm a little bit surprised that the Brewers, in all, in all their analytics in their front office and everything that they're doing, they haven't made a priority of, of getting left-handed pitchers. And I don't know if it's just something in what their analytics is telling them is, is that left-handed starting pitchers don't make that much of a difference or whatever it is, but they have not made that a large priority for the organization since David Stearns has gotten here. And Doug mm-hmm. Melvin didn't have it as a priority either. 
you know, it's it's not an easy thing to find, I guess. Yeah. Oh, but the Brewers yeah. did um sort of sign a, a left-handed pitcher today. They Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah, we saw, saw this on Twitter. Um I, I, most people know Pitching Ninja on Twitter posts all the gifts of all, all the filthy pitches that MLB guys throw and he launched this um flat ground app to help these kind of younger and independent ball and like minor league pitchers like showcase their stuff and and what they can do mm-hmm. and this one guy that that he had featured on there Winston Lavendier I, I want to say is how it's pronounced um he's a left-handed pitcher he sits like mid 90s and he has a bullpen tryout with the Brewers on the 24th and if that goes well they could sign him to a minor league contract And I think that'd be a great idea because, as I was telling on Twitter, this organization needs left-handed pitchers. And I think any way that they can get one, even if it is in in minor league pitcher like that, I, I'd say go for it. How how many how many years old is he again? Um, I don't think he's that old. Okay, that means I, I, very I different to... things to you and I. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I, I'd have to look up his age. Uh, twenty twenty six. He'll be twenty seven in August. Oh, okay. So still fairly young. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not like he's like thirty some years old and it's like just trying to stick around somewhere. He played in the, if I'm seeing this correctly, the Mexican League last. Yeah, for um. Pericos de Puebla. So an affiliated ball, he topped out at uh, high A, Inland Empire, in the uh, Angels organization. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like he's going to be immediately an option for the Brewers' big league club, but he'd go down to one of the affiliates if the Brewers decide to sign him. Mm-hmm. So basically, I, I think he's just coming in, just throwing a bullpen session, and they're just going to see what they like, and, and if they got something to work with there. But hey, yeah, that's yeah. exciting. It'd be, it'd, it'd, you know, it'd be nice to have another left in the organization, and, you know, who knows, you know, at this point. You know, you know pitchers come from all, you know, it's, it's you know, you, you, you never know, you know, some, some of the major league paths aren't always traditional. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, Brent Suter was a 33rd rounder out of Harvard. Like, you don't see big league pitchers come out of there. I mean, guys yeah, can prepared. come. Guys can come from any sort of independent ball or whatever. And wasn't like Scott Casimir down in like independent ball for like a couple years, and then all of a sudden he gets signed, he was, and yeah, yeah and, th- and then he just starts, you know, throwing filth in the big leagues, and it's like, oh hey, where's this guy been? Mm. So yeah, anything can happen. Yep. Um, there was one guy who was who was playing in a, a men's. Uh, softball league. Was that Jason Worth? No, maybe, but yeah. uh, it was a no. It was a pitcher who was. Uh, was it Dirk Havenhurst? I'm not sure. I don't know, but I do remember Jason Worth like being in like this um, adult like beer league softball team or something, and just hitting absolute yeah. moonshots. 
Bo Schultz. That's what I was thinking of. Bo Schultz. Yep. Can't say I've heard of him, but how, how did he do in the, in the big leagues? In the big leagues? Did, did he make the big leagues? I think he did. I think that's why he was a story because, you know, he, he ended up in a beer league and worked his way back to the, to the majors. Let's see what we got here. Yeah, I'm going uh, through the uh, – Okay. And there's still some decent pitchers out there, but I, uh, I don't know. It's tough. I mean, it's tough because then you start asking the question, "What's the payroll going to go to?" You know, you need a lefty, probably. Yeah. Believe it or not, he pitched more than one. He's got. I see more than one season here at the, in the major in the majors. Wow. Uh, this is bad. Oh, all right. Well, his 2014 campaign wasn't great, mm. but he managed to bounce back in 2015. Wow, I didn't know it was that uh, recent. No, he, he no he 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 threw 51 games in the majors as a reliever, four five four ERA, 67 innings. You know, not, not not bad from a guy who was you know tossing tossing the ball in a beer in a beer league for a season. Yeah, lots of different paths to take. But, all right, I, I want to move on now to a little bit. So after after the Brewers signed Mike Moustakis, their payroll is at probably close to $130 million right now, around there. Around, yeah, some, something like that, yeah, close to like 123, 124. I think that's accurate. Was that before or after Moose? I think that was after Moose. It's accurate. Yeah, I thought that that's what it was before. I want to look this up. I want to, I want to get this accurate here. Yeah, okay. my uh, my internet's going slow, so that's what I'm trying to do as well. <laughs> yeah, it's like the night of the slow internet. All right. So the Brewers' current estimated 2019 payroll is 127 million. Okay. After, oh, after okay. the stock is signing. Yeah. Either way, it's a record payroll for the Brewers, and I mean they're basically. I think almost kind of maxed out. I mean, Mark Anazio was saying today, like, if they need midseason acquisitions, he's like, we'll find the money for them. You know, it's like, okay, like, we'll still do what we need to to, to win. But it doesn't sound like there's much left for current free agent options. So mm-hmm. I, I think the Brewers are done with, with their offseason work now. I think I think Dallas Keuchel's off the table. I, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's going to get probably close to twenty million a season at least, and push push him to nearly one hundred fifty million dollars on, on a one year payroll. I mean, that's that is quite the deep water for Milwaukee. I, I don't care how good their revenues were last year or what what kind of playoff success. Like that's very deep water for for the Brewers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean they're they're right at the league average on payroll. So <laughs> and we're like, this is maxed out. We can't do this anymore. This is this is this is maxed out. I mean they're they're at the you know thirteenth, fourteenth highest payroll in baseball. And for a team like Milwaukee, who usually sits in the twenties, yeah, that's a, that's a tough. And I also think Milwaukee is the smallest media market in Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. So uh, I believe so. Yes. 
Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting, <laughs> but yeah, the it's it's fascinating when you look at the contract, not the contracts, the team payrolls right now. Oakland is twenty fourth highest, yet they also made the playoffs last year. Yeah. And that's why Rob Manfred was kind of like, I don't see payroll as, you know, your big indicator of whether or not a team is trying to win. Because mm-hmm. you got Billy Bean out there doing Moneyball in Oakland once again. But, yeah. And I love how the the Cubs are at like 200-some million. And all these Cubs fans all winter long are like, oh, yeah, they're so getting Harper. Harper's coming. I mean, him and Chris Bryant are like best friends. Well, like, Cubs are going to get Harper. It's, it, it's basically a done deal. And Tom Ricketts is like, we barely had the money to sign Unichi Tozawa. You know? Like, they they have nothing. They had no financial flexibility. They could not keep and they could not get any decent bullpen pieces. I found it hilarious. Oh, they're, they're paying. They're paying almost a hundred, hundred million dollars for their right fielder and their first three starting pitchers. Yeah, and the starting pitching last year was not that great. It's probably not going to be much better the next year. Yeah. Now the uh, Cubs right now two hundred and ten million dollars is their they're the second highest payroll in baseball currently. That's too much. Yeah. And yeah, John Lester, Jason Hayward. You Darvish, Cole Hamels, all twenty million or more. Yep. Yeah, Jason Hayward's really kind of. I mean, he's really stopping that payroll for him. I mean, he's not producing that much. He's signed to a huge contract, and it's like, well, he signed Hayward, so no room for Harper, pretty much. Yeah, it's you know, one hundred percent accurate. You know, if if they didn't have that that Hayward contract, they probably would be able to afford him. If they want, if, well, in in the short term, long term, who knows? Yeah, it's I mean, they, they got Zobris so. coming off the books next year, I think. Um, so yeah, they they've got money coming off, but they've also got guys who are due raises too. Oh yeah, Chris Bryant's going to be due raises. Javi Baez is going to be due raises. Um, Schwarber as well. Yeah. Schwarber. Uh, Rizzo, I think I think he signed a long term deal, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Still check that real quick. Right now, is it says he's only owed eleven point two five or eleven point two eight five this year. I think he has. A, I think he has team uh, team options. Yeah, I I don't think he's been to, signed to a huge. Yeah, they've got a lot of guys coming off the books after 2019. Um, let's see, Anthony Rizzo. Yeah, eleven two, and then he's got two more club options for fourteen and a half million for the next two years. There you go. Yeah. So, and you know, those are getting picked up, but either way. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, Kyle Hendricks is yeah. going to be a free agent after twenty twenty. Chris Bryant twenty twenty one. Javi Baez twenty twenty one. Chris Bryant is all, all the way up to twelve point nine million in his second year of arbitration. Uh, that's gonna be a big. That's gonna be a big contract next year. Yeah. Wilson Contreras yeah, I mean, he, is soon gonna be in arbitration. Albert Almora, Ian Happ. If he if he has a if he has a killer season, I mean Bryant's gonna ask for Nolan Nolan Arenado type arbitration money. Oh, and <clears throat> and he's gonna be deserving of it too. I mean Chris Bryant's mm-hmm. he's a really good player. As much as I hate to say it, but 
You, you heard here first, folks. Chris Bryant. He's good. Good player. Yeah, really, really good player. That's what I heard. You know who else is a really good player? Christian Yelich. He is. He is fantastic. You know. He's quality. Yeah, he's all right. Yes, even though what is MLB got him ranked eighth on their uh, yeah top one hundred right now. Top players. Yeah, and it's like really eighth. I mean, especially if you're doing like top one hundred right now, like you got to at least put Yelich top five. Like, come on. No, what they're saying is the top seven players are all in the American League. That's funny. They are. I I didn't even look that closely at the list, but yeah, no, I, I didn't either. I'm just making the the joke that that's what it really means. Oh, I think, yeah. I think it's actually. I think I think it's actually happened. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of really good players out there in, out there in the American League. All right. Yeah. But yeah, it it should be fun to watch Yelich come back and defend his MVP title this year. Yeah, um, he's, he's already coming back with the right attitude as well. I mean. He's, you know, what he say the other day? He could go over five hundred all season, and yet, you know, he's still going to go out there and try every night. Yeah. All right. Um, I want to get to our mailbag segment right now. Oh boy. Yeah. Good time. We got we got a bunch of questions coming in here on Twitter. Um, actually, a lot of them. Um, we'll start here with uh, Anthony. Do you think Clay Buckholes could be a fit with a crew on either a one-year deal or a minor league contract? Low-risk, high-reward kind of guy. Clay Buckholes actually had a he had a pretty good year last year for Arizona. He's okay. still out there on the free agent market. Do you guys think he could be a fit? I, I'll, I can jump first. So I Go right I ahead. Argument, I made the argument for Clay Buckholes, gosh, I think uh, back in December, that uh, he would be an, he'd be an option in my mind as a uh, – Third, you know, starter, fourth starter, somewhere in there. Um, definitely had a good season. I, I think it's one-year deal. There's no real, you know, risk there, and it mm. could produce a ton of reward. Yeah, but I mean that that is kind of keeping your young pitching depth, like Freddie Peralta, Brandon Woodruff, down another year. Um, I don't know if Clay Buckholes, like, I don't know if he can repeat what he did last year. I mean, I mean, he was good in the past. Um, I'm not sure how much he'd move the needle, but uh, very little. Yeah. Yeah. If at all. I mean. Yeah, it, it's. I don't know. But are we are we getting to the point here soon? If we get to another week, are we getting to the point where players aren't picky about the contract anymore? Yeah, they're, they're just going to take something to get in camp. Say, yeah. Yep, I need to get into camp. I want to make money, and that's it. Yeah, especially uh, pitchers. I don't see that happening. You don't. I no. Hmm. Didn't didn't happen last year. You you didn't see Jake Arrieta or Alex Cobb jumping at you know whatever people were offering. They no they they they, they waited and you know and actually you know did actually pretty well for themselves. You know, Cobb in particular, he's not going to get that contract again. Yeah, he's also not going to win again because he's in Baltimore. Well, but well, you know. that's that's beside the point. Um, yeah. All right. Question from Marcel here. If all of our offseason moves are now done, where would you rate our potential batting order among the NL? On paper, it certainly looks like the best one through eight in the league. But then again, I don't cover baseball for a living, so what do I know? <laughs> Neither do we. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, so where where does the Brewers batting order rate in the National League? 
Matthew it's Matthew always a, takes his his big sigh, you know. Yeah, because I, I I like to think about it. You know, it's, yeah. it's my thinking. It's my thinking sigh. Okay, well, what are you thinking? The, the the additional oxygen helps the, the brain form more complete opinions. Yeah. So I, it, they've got they've got to be you know top two or three, if if not number one. Yeah, I mean who who could really be above them right now? I mean, mm. Dodgers maybe. Yeah. Um, I think I think the Dodgers if they'd kept Manny Machado they'd probably be above them. Well, I mean, they got but Corey they Seager coming back. Yeah. I, and Corey Seager is a pretty good hitter, too. He's a pretty good hitter. Yeah. I, Dodgers. I mean, you know, we can't say we can't say the Nationals anymore. Um, I don't. I don't consider the Cubs having a superior offense to the to the Brewers. Yeah. I don't think. I, I don't think the Cardinals have a better offense than the Brewers. No, I mean they have a decent offense, especially um, now with Goldschmidt there, but. Yeah, uh, you know, and yeah. the the issue with the Rockies is you know they they play half their game in Coors, so who knows how good they actually you know really yeah. are. I mean, Carlos um, Gonzalez isn't what he once was. I mean, Arenado and Story are, are pretty good, but outside of that, good, yeah. I mean, the one Ian, team we haven't mentioned yet, the Braves. Yeah, they they got a bunch of good young guys. <sighs> one through eight, I don't I don't think they're better than the Brewers necessarily. If you look at the Brewers, who's the weakest of the hitters? Arcia. It's, it's Arcia. But then after him, that's a pretty big. Yeah, I mean, that's I, a pretty big leap. <laughs> yeah, Moose, maybe. Yeah, Moose would probably be my, yeah probably next in line for me. And and then what? Maybe Braun, because Braun had a down year last year, but he had a bad. Um, yeah, bad yeah, yeah. That makes me sad. Yeah, Travis Shaw had a terrible Bur- BABIP last year. He had a two forty two Babbitt. Travis Shaw did. So if well, he yeah, gets, but that's also influenced by the, the number of homer, homers he hit. Well, yeah, but still, he had a terrible batting average on balls in play. But it, he's also he also hits a lot of fly balls, which yeah, are more often than not either in the stands or in gloves. But when but still, glo- his, when they're in gloves, they're counted they're counted as. In, in batting average and balls in play but, when they're homers. But still, I think it was like 40-ish points lower than his career average Babbitt. Okay. You know, right, like like it was way it was way down there. So mm-hmm. that, that that's where I'm coming from with Shaw. Um, okay. All right. Um, I got time for one one more here. Not going to be able to get to all okay. of them today, sadly. But Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, Flippin' Foster said... <laughs> um, he said, "I know, I know. Jonathan Scope is not a popular brewer for his failure down the stretch, but who ends up with better numbers at the end of the year, Mustakis or Scope? If it's truly second baseman versus second baseman, wonder if it's worth the price difference." So, how much? Is, how much is Scope getting for twenty nineteen? Seven and a half million. I'd rather take Mustakis at ten. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's like it's like not even close to it's like not even close for me. Yeah, I mean, Scope did have some good numbers back in 2017, and he could hit that way again with Minnesota. I'm not sure, but he could, and then maybe. But I, I still would definitely take Mustakis. I did not see anything that I liked in Jonathan Scope in Milwaukee last year, so 
Yeah, I'd rather I, I'd rather take Moose for a couple extra million, who's a well liked clubhouse guy, well respected, um, adds more yeah. veteran leadership to the team. You really didn't hear about Jonathan Scope in, in that clubhouse at all last year. Like it didn't yeah. seem like he fit in that well, and it just didn't seem it it just didn't seem like the right place for him. Yeah, and the body language. I mean, you sit there and you'd watch the game. Moose would, you know, as as it happens in any long season, Moose would get into these stretches where he'd struggle at the plate, but he never seemed defeated. He never seemed like he was completely disengaged. Where Scope, it just looked like he didn't want to be there. He was just done. Yeah. It was it was not a good time for Jonathan Scope. <laughs> no. Or anyone watching him. Anyone, Yeah, especially anyone watching him. Yeah, uh, yeah he... You, you kind of feel bad for the guy, you know. He, he gets tossed into a pennant race, and you know, look, it has like one of the worst stretches of his career. It's got, it's that's got to stink. But, yeah, yeah. No, I it, to me, it, to me, it's not even close. It's, I, I want Mustakis to ten million before I take Scope back at seven and a half. Um, I, I don't. Yeah, that's. And I mean, I honestly just just even thinking, you know, just like like think, just thinking about where where I expect the numbers to be, like. Again, not even close. I, I think Musaka is going to have a much better season in Milwaukee than, than Scope will in Minnesota. Not even close. Yeah. It's going to be a fun one to watch. And, I mean, maybe defensively there might, there might be a difference, but that's probably about it. So, sorry it's going to be a, a shortened podcast this week, um, but we got to get out of here. And um, <laughs> with pitchers and catchers fully reported, um, it is now officially fully spring training workouts every single day. Pretty soon we're going to have games, games we can watch on TV, listen to on the radio. I it's going believe to be games are like next week. Are they not? Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. Games start next week. So, so, so we're going to have box scores, you know, waiting for us, yep. you know, in, in like less than a week. Can't wait to see how some of these guys do in their one at bat and then how those class A hitters end up doing in theirs. So it's going to be. A good time. I think my, my, my favorite's when you have the, the college teams playing against the pro guys. <laughs> oh, yeah, like UW-Milwaukee heads down there or something. Or, uh, you know, the, the Florida teams. Like, uh, I, can't, I can't think of it. It's, you know, like, you know, it's, you know, Central Florida versus the Pittsburgh Pirates or whoever. Yeah. It's quality. And then, like, the college team wins, and everyone's like, oh, my God, you guys suck. But, that happens. Yeah, especially if any college team plays the Orioles this year. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. So that's all the time we have uh, in the show today. I'd like to thank Joseph Simandel, our contributor, for joining us, and Matthew Zero. for joining me, as yeah. always. We'll be back thank again you. next week for another edition of the Reviewing the Brew podcast.